Warning! Listening to WebmasterRadio.fm daily may cause Webmaster insomnia and an increase in your company's profits. WebmasterRadio.fm Stay up with us all night long. WebmasterRadio.fm We're everywhere. Welcome to the alternative. The alternative. Radio and questions virtual reality. Are webmasters spending more than they need to or leaving money on the table? What opportunities exist on the margins? Spend the next hour exploring paid and free alternatives to the major search engines. Now, step into the alternative with your host, Jim Hedler. Hey, welcome to the alternatives on webmasterradio.fm. I'm Jim Hedger from SitePronews.com. We're sponsored by the ISEDN.org. And today we have a fabulous but totally jam-packed show. Uh, time's going to be really tight. Um, before we get going, uh, happy belated birthday to Ms. BSB. Brandy, happy birthday. Now, we got three guests on today, so like I said, time's going to be really tight. Um, we have Dave Davies on the line, and we're just going to sort of kick in with the news right away. Dave, how's it going, man? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm really good. DMOZ is open. DMOZ is open, finally. What the hell is that? Uh, you know, uh, of course, you know, being an SEO, very interesting to me, so I was just sort of setting a couple times a week. I'd pop back, check it out, uh, and lo and behold, uh, there we are. Last time I was in there, uh, I shouldn't say the last time, I've done like some pretty mass submissions uh, since, since this discovery from, from all the sites I wasn't able to submit prior, but um, yeah, all of a sudden there it was, uh, back open again, so... Um, you know, as I posted on our blog, and I, I'd recommend for a lot of people, the queue ain't getting shorter. Um, so submit early, submit often. Well, maybe not often, but submit early. <laughs> well, hey, speaking of your blog, really quickly, who the hell is Stephen.Wilson at gmail.com? <laughs> like, what's that? No You're idea. a stalker, Dave. What the hell is that all about? Uh, all I know, uh, or, or really can confirm, I have some suspicions, but I, I'm certainly not going not gonna to air them out here uh, until confirmed, but... Uh, but he's uh, he's putting out emails trying to trying to get some business under the uh, under the name of beanstalk inkcom I uh, don't quite get it. He included our our phone number, our uh, fax number, like those proper information. Um, the reply too was to a beanstalk domain. No reply at beanstalk inc uh, But he's he's asking that people uh, access uh, his Gmail account uh, to contact him or, or to do it on MSN. So uh, you know, imitation might be the sincerest form of flattery. But when I Start getting calls from people wanting uh, wanting some free services as he's offering. Um, <laughs> you know, maybe not. This is like some old uh, affiliate program you've forgotten about, is it? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. I uh, didn't have any uh, any affiliate programs uh, hosted at our at our SEO domain. So, okay. Um, well, you know, yeah, speaking not, of affiliate sure programs, what... me and and Webmaster Radio are going to be at the affiliate master or the affiliate summit in Vegas next week. That should be like a hell of a lot of fun. Oh, that'll be a ton of fun. Absolutely. Okay, let's move on. Let's move on really quickly. There's a new, there's a new phenomenon happening out there. It's a social networking, um, social networking site based on blogs called My Blog Log. And I guess uh, Lauren Baker wrote about it in Search Engine Journal about a week and a half ago, and I emailed me and said, hey, man, you might be interested in this. And I've been meaning to get back to him on it, but I've been too busy playing with it ever since. <laughs> and um, we actually we got a special guest on right now. Um, Web Moxie, Ms. Web Moxie, the wonderful and fabulous Web Moxie. Are you there, Becky? I do. Met her in San Jose. How are you? Surprise, surprise. Well, I'm totally surprised. And you know what? I was, I was, I was surprised and touched by the uh, wonderful message you left in uh, 
in my messages on my blog log, and that made me had to call you. You said I was smart, really? intelligent, and good-looking. <laughs> All the same sentence, You're a fantastic too. writer. Isn't this fantastic? I finally found something I have become totally addicted to, quickly. Well, what is my blog log, Becky? My blog log is really a professional publishing network, and I don't have a blog, but there are so many people that do, that coming into here, you can connect, you can read, you can go through, you're alerted to um, upcoming articles, such as yourself, and I find it's an easy way for professionals, as opposed to like MySpace, to connect. Absolutely. This, this looks like LinkedIn on steroids, eh? I think it is. I think Lincoln is more for the recruiters or for human resources. This is for professionals to connect with professionals. I mean, you see people that are in the health industry. You see people that are in the sports, medicine, blogging, um, political, many, many foreign countries. It's very uh, international. Well, and what, what, what amazes me about this is not just that it's international, it's just how fast connections seems to, seem to take off in this place. It does. Um, within a couple of days, connecting to, like, even shoe monies, search engine, uh, watch Danny's on here, you can get in there, they immediately see other people there, and you can finally, even though you've gone to search engine uh, trade shows or trade shows at, like the Affiliate Summit, you can come in here and meet the people. You can catch up with them. You can start making troop connections beyond LinkedIn. Well, you've been on uh, my blog. You've been on my blog log since the tenth of January, yeah. and already you've grown your family, your friends, and contacts to one hundred and sixty-four people in like a week. I know, and I've had to do a lot of instant messaging, but it worked. I couldn't believe um, the fantastic people are out there. If you go through my contacts, I made sure, the only thing that's a little different is I did want to make sure that both people wanted to connect. Um, the difference with my blog logs is that you can admire people, and Danny Sullivan is probably the only one on here that I'm admiring. <laughs> Well, I'm sure Danny's one of the more admired people on uh, in this space. So <laughs> I think you would find him on everybody's site. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. So Dave, do you have a my blog log account yet? I do, I do. I, I must have set it up prior. Uh, you, you mentioned my blog log yesterday. Go in. Sure enough, I already had a profile, um, <laughs> but but it just uh, just sort of ignored it. Um, you know, I signed up for it probably when uh, when Lauren brought it up just as a little test thing. Uh, but have since gone in, and yeah, I mean, just in in 24 hours, um, you know, I, I I joined a couple communities, and now there's, uh, you know, as as you say, Becky, you're actually meeting uh, and in starting to interact with people that, um, you know, are, are professionals, are related to you, and, and people that you would want to want to start a discourse with. So, uh, yeah, really, really useful, uh, really useful service. And I'm Web Moxie. Which one? What was your username on my blog? Uh, Beanstalk. Beanstalk. We're already together. Yes, we are. <laughs> well, that didn't take long. <laughs> I, love it, I told you. <laughs> so, what do you what do you guys? I think this is going to be one of the bigger one of the bigger, more successful so, social networking tools. What do you What do you it all think? It is so wonderful. Um, I love it. I love being able to quickly instant message you. You're, this morning when I got up early to go and check your blog. 
so I'm quite depressed. Um, it was fantastic that I can instantly instant message you and say, you know what, you did a fantastic job. I can stay ahead. If you end up blogging like Andrea, um, Planet Andrea, she puts out when she's uh, putting up a new site on cooking. It took her a few seconds. We all went over. We checked it out. And I like it. Lee from Story Spinning, Lee, do you know her? No, I don't think we've met. Okay, she does uh, searchenginegurus.com. She did, like, hat bait and different things. I'm actually doing an oh, article yeah, for yeah, her. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, she's fantastic. I'm doing an article. And by the way, Jim, you're in it as one of the hot SEOs. I hope you don't mind, but it'll be coming out next Wednesday. <laughs> so we have a synergy well. here. I am, I'm releasing a little bit of information. <laughs> Apparently I'll be the, one of the women in SEO. And I'm excited about, you know, talking about Trillian and also talking about people I admire. Aw, shucks. Um, well, Becky, thanks for being on the show. We've got to go to commercial break right now. We're going to be coming back with Jeff Roars, the uh, fellow who wrote the Sausage Manifesto. Um, Fantastic. That, I love that guy. <laughs> that was uh, the fabulous Web Moxie, otherwise known as Becky Ryan from Trillian.com. We'll be back on The Alternative in just a few moments. For the last decade, millions of visitors seeking top ranking have visited their site. When it comes to the internet marketing expertise, one name clearly stands above the rest. Bruce Clay Incorporated. With a flexible, time-tested, and spam-free process to SEO and PPC, Bruce Clay has become the number one choice for companies of all kinds seeking to improve their search engine ranking, utilize their latest tools, training, consulting, and services. Let Bruce Clay create a tailored solution to meet your internet marketing needs today. Bruce Clay Incorporated. 3 a.m. traveling to a conference in Oklahoma City. Steve Talbot's Ford Escort radiator hose bursts near the town of Hooker. He types Hooker Escort Hookup into another local search engine's one-box search. He has a great time that he can't expense. TrueLocal.com. Two boxes. One click. Great results. Google AdSense. How do I earn from thee? Let me count the ways. Google, you enable me to show targeted ads complementing my site so my visitors keep clicking throughout the day and night. It was so easy to apply and select the ad formats I liked. Since I've discovered AdSense, I've been filled with delight. So earn more with matching ads and you too can discover how. Just visit google.com slash AdSense now. I only find you attractive to me. Good. How about you, dear? <laughs> And every once in a while, do I get hit on? Sure. And is it nice for me to every get, like... Every once in a while. You get hit on all the time. <laughs> oh, whatever. I love you. But, and is it nice to get a little attention? Sure. But do I want someone else? Do I get turned on by someone else? Absolutely not. And I think that's the coolest thing for me, is nobody else turns my head but Darren. It's like, I've been out there. I've sewed my wild oats. Yeah, she was a slut before she met me. <laughs> and now I just got someone who wants to be a housewife. How did I luck out with that? What's that all about? No, but I mean, it was like... <laughs> Here's a say brandy, you're a fine girl, but a good wife you would be, but my love, my lover, my lady, is the sea. 
It is nice to be celibate as long as you can do it with everybody. <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Rainmaker. Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Only on Webmaster Radio. FM. Cyberspace. The final frontier. These are the voyages of your new business enterprise. It's ongoing mission to explore strange new domains, to seek out new sites and new monetizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. WebmasterRadio.fm. So logical. You'll go out of your Vulcan mind. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. And now, transport back into the alternative on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host, Jim Hedger. Welcome back to the Alternatives on WebmasterRadio.fm, sponsored by the ISEDN.org. This is going to be a fun segment. We're going to try to uh, try to move through it really fast, but we have Jeffrey K. Roars, the author of The Sausage Manifesto, on. And, uh, hey, Jeff, how you doing? I'm doing well, Jim. Yourself? I'm doing great. Welcome here. Thank you. Um, when Jeff gets going, Jeff gets going. So let's let's try to keep tight. And Jeff, you had a Jerry Maguire moment in Chicago at the uh, Chicago SES. Uh, yes, you I produced did. A, you produced the Sausage Manifesto at uh, four in the morning. Apparently, what happened? Uh, well, I've been moderating the um, <clears throat> what's adoringly called the Click Fraud Panel, um, and officially called the Auditing Paid Clicks and Click Fraud Issues Panel at Search Engine Strategies for the last couple of years. And um, they're always very good sessions, um, and they always you know, run out of time kind of too quickly. Uh, and one of the things in, in terms of my role and being the moderator and kind of bringing the parties to the table is that after those sessions, I tend to get peppered with a lot of questions from, um, from advertisers who either didn't want to ask the questions during the panel or ran out of time. And I've noticed over the last few that there was always a steady stream of kind of regular questions that sometimes don't get, um, say, fully aired uh, in the public panel. And uh, some frustrations that are pretty commonly shared among advertisers that maybe don't get kind of the depth of attention um, that perhaps they deserve. And so um, I kind of uh, literally did wake up with this idea of instead of approaching it as kind of an educational piece, um, instead kind of seeing if I could channel the voice of some of these advertisers and some of their common questions and frame it into uh, requests for the paid search networks, uh, such as Google and Yahoo, uh, requests that I think, um, if, if reacted to and discussed, could lead to some real customer-friendly uh, solutions in the, um, the area of click quality. Well, what's the, what's the nature of the problem from the, from the advertiser's perspective? Um, sure. The, the nature of the problem is, is that advertisers want to pay for clicks that deliver results. And um, the, the, the nature of the click fraud or the click quality issue is that there is really a gradation of, of different click quality, of course. Um, and as everyone will admit, you can't judge the intent of a user just based on a click. You don't know if they're clicking because they want to buy. You don't know if they're clicking because they're researching or they're writing a paper. You don't know if it's a click from a bot. You don't know if it's a click from a click army. Um, and so the, the advertiser frustration is really, and what I'm trying to get out in the Sausage Manifesto is that um, there's a lot of advertiser frustration with not knowing what's going into the quote-unquote sausage, meaning the clicks that are coming to them are coming from a variety of different sources of varying quality. 
and the what the uh, the networks reveal to them doesn't always allow them to be the uh, them being the advertisers to assess the quality of those clicks and whether they truly want to pay for them. And then similarly, there's also an issue with regard to customer service. And if there's one theme throughout the manifesto, it is that um, that click fraud is not just a technological issue; it is very much a customer service issue. And the sooner that the networks begin to react to that and begin to treat the customer aspect of this, uh, the more constructive and collaborative the solutions might be. Jeff, I'm just wondering, like, um, I won't go through the entire list. You've basically outlined 11 points that, that you're basically telling uh, all of the engines to, to follow or, or take into consideration and, and implement into their, into their, as you say, customer service strategy. I'm not going to outline them here because we want to give you as much time to educate us as possible and just tell people to go to the sausagemanifesto.com. Uh, read it themselves because it's a it's a great document. But which of those eleven, or, or um, you know, maybe not just one, but uh, perhaps more than one, uh, would you say are the most critical, or, or the ones that really they could have the biggest impact? Um, I have in in my mind which one I would most love to see them uh, bring into effect. But what are your thoughts? Well, I, I think it's been interesting because the, you know since posting this and and kind of distributing it. Uh, to friends and contacts in the industry. It's been interesting to see others blog about it and kind of react to different pieces. The one that I think has gotten <coughs> near universal acceptance or, or belief that it is, it is the right way to go is uh, what I've numbered um, number 10 in the manifesto, which is a request that the networks create a click fraud perp registry, meaning that what happens um, with regard to click fraud is that there are various tactics and or uh, kind of bad actors out there in the, um, in the contextual distribution, the publisher's side of it, so the Google AdSense or Yahoo Publishing Network, who are, because of the way that that distribution works, they have a direct uh, profit incentive to perpetrate click fraud, right? Because if they can generate more clicks on their site, they, get, they generate more revenue because they get a percentage of each of those clicks. The problem is, is that Google might root out uh, such a bad actor, a publisher network who constantly is delivering just non-converting traffic, and perhaps they even know tactically is using uh, bots or is using different techniques that they believe are fraudulent and are consistently resulting in invalid clicks that they don't bill through or that they have to refund for. The problem is is that they may bump that person out of their network, um, but then that person just goes down the street, sets up shop, and, and now is a, a Yahoo um, uh, essentially, you know, uh, content partner. Um, and if that if they get bumped off of that, they go down the street to somebody else. So the advertiser in that scenario, who's advertising on a keyword set that that publisher is trying to essentially exploit, gets victimized through each of the networks. And the networks share this problem. This is a universal problem of the model and of the industry. Now, uh, while I'm, you know, a recovering attorney, um, I, I certainly can't advise people as to what the uh, you know, perhaps the um, antitrust issues might be of collaborative solutions in this area, but I think certainly the networks are similarly situated, and they have a common interest in rooting out bad actors on the publisher side, and they have a common interest in rooting out bad activities and bots and things that shouldn't get billed. And so whether it is on their own in creating such a perp registry or whether it's in a shared process that is disclosed to advertisers, uh, I think advertisers uniformly believe that this sh should happen. There should be some sharing of information so that they aren't victimized as they work across networks and as they diversify their, their pay-per-click strategy. So that one has been Jeff, one that... It, yes, please. Oh, so, sorry to interrupt, um, but 
In the absence of the sharing of information or in the absence of a uh, third-party verifier, do you, um, do you see click fraud concerns going into the legal realm again? Um, I think absolutely. Um, you know, the, the, the class action settlements that are out there were for past activities. They're not uh, proactive, although the Yahoo settlement has certain proactive things that Yahoo will be doing. And Donna Bogatin of ZDNet um, actually wrote a very good article recently um, uh, that I actually linked to from the comments section of the manifesto um, in which she delineates what Yahoo's going to be doing once that settlement is finalized. But um, again, advertisers who are spending lots and lots of money have a fiscal incentive to certainly root out problems. And if they see additional problems happening, um, I, and, and they don't feel satisfied with the automated or the types of responses that they're getting. Um, I, I certainly think that, that uh, you know, there, there could be additional legal actions in this area. Now, um, will that happen? I, I certainly don't know. I know that each of the engines has got very, very dedicated teams who are fighting this, and they feel very passionately about it. The challenge is, however, that their interests aren't always in direct alignment with their advertisers' interests. And case in point gets to um, number nine on the list, and that is put somebody in jail. There still has been nobody put in jail, you know, found criminally liable for click fraud or bot activities. And uh, one only needs to know, you know, to hang out until uh, 11 o'clock at the bars at SES to know uh, of people who have successfully uh, uh, launched bots and profited from them. Um, so there is that activity going out there, and advertisers want to see those folks published, or, or punished rather, but as we've seen from um, the, what's been dubbed the vanishing click fraud case that Business Week reported on recently, um, in that instance, Google, um, one of the reasons why that, that case was uh, essentially dropped was because Google was unwilling to disclose to the prosecutors information that would allow the prosecutors to make their case against a guy who wanted to essentially blackmail Google. So uh, that is an example to underscore that advertisers and the networks, aren't, their interests aren't always in alignment. Um, and I think that that's, you know, a big part of the, what I wanted to get across here is that advertisers have to be willing to speak up. They have to say, you know what, these automated anonymous kind of refund notices just don't cut it. We don't have enough data to verify it. Um, if you think about your own personal account, Jim, if your bank were to send you a refund and say, you know what, here's a check for $5.53, we're not going to tell you what it's for, but we think we owe it to you. You'd probably have a trust issue with your bank. That's happening every single day across every single network to every single advertiser. Um, and some advertisers get hit with those more often than others. Uh, but uniformly, advertisers, you know, there's a cost-benefit analysis about whether you want to go to war over those things and fight for pennies and, 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 and dollars. The larger advertisers who are spending millions of dollars obviously will. But if I'm just a guy who spends $1,000 a month on, you know, Google AdWords or Yahoo, I probably don't want to. It's just not, a, it's not worth it for me. So we need a more global solution, and I think third-party auditing is the way that we're headed. Uh, well, do you see any bodies out there who might uh, fill in the role of third-party auditors? I think there are certainly players who are trying to position themselves as such, um, you know, for, for fear of, you know, overly hyping one over, over the other, and I, and I haven't uh, done that kind of analysis. I, I don't want to, you know, necessarily mention names, but I know that there are, there are companies who are, are trying to position themselves to be... Um, that, that uh, in, the, in the right place at the right time when third-party auditing becomes a fait accompli. And we can look at the publishing industry in terms of the types of, uh, types of auditing that is done there to verify uh, circulation. Um, it is certainly not something that the, the networks um, 
will necessarily want. It adds additionally, additional costs and things like that. But again, to refer to, to Donna Bogatson's article, as part of that settlement that Yahoo has, one of the things that they're going to be doing is disclosing to a select group of, uh, of, of advertisers uh, certain information. They'll be doing it under an NDA, and they'll be disclosing data in a more open format so that advertiser and network can look at it and scrutinize it at a better level and then extrapolate from that, hopefully, uh, tactics or processes or procedures that'll root out what, uh, what folks might call invalid clicks or, more specifically, where there is intent, fraudulent clicks. So I think it will happen. I think there are players who are situated to do that. The IAB, certainly in terms of driving towards definitions of, of clicks and involving the folks that they're involving at the table, are in a good position to influence that as well. Okay, we have to take a break in a couple of moments, but, but before we do, um, you've mentioned quick quality, invalid clicks, and fraudulent clicks. Can you explain the difference between the three? Sure. I think the overall issue is one of click quality. Advertisers want to pay for the best clicks, and the best clicks is measured by what's going to convert for you. So obviously, we all want to pay for clicks that are going to convert for a sale if we're an online retailer. If we're not an online retailer and we're a service provider, perhaps we want that click to convert as a white paper download, an email registration, or use of some sort of tool on our site that deepens uh, brand awareness and brand recall. Down the chain, then, are lesser quality clicks that might not involve direct or immediate purchase or interaction, but they might allow for recall further on down the line. So click quality, think of it as a sliding scale, you know, kind of a, uh, uh, a, gra- a gradation, um, and obviously sale is the top and most important. Invalid clicks is a term that the networks have used to uh, essentially earmark those clicks that, for which advertisers should not be billed. And so it is a broader category than click fraud. And invalid clicks include such things as somebody double-clicking on a listing. You know, back in the days when you have, you have to double-click to open a listing or a, open an application on your desktop, um, back in the day, Google actually used to, probably two-plus years ago, charge for that double-click. They don't anymore by policy. But you can see situations where, well, if I click on that listing now and then, say, 30 seconds later on a different site through the contextual network, I click on that listing again, is that a double-click? Is that an invalid click? And those are procedural and policy decisions that are made behind the scenes at the engines that are not disclosed. That's part of what the IAB is getting at. And then more specifically, click fraud are specific activities designed to defraud advertisers and the networks of money uh, by essentially either perpetrating a a clickbot scheme where an automated program is going out and clicking on listings, uh, or you know the, the the famed and fabled click armies in India of people paid to just click on listings or other types of click networks like that, um, and that's you know so click fraud is the much smaller piece of that. Invalid clicks is the is a larger piece, and then overall the large circle is click quality of all the clicks out there in the universe. Okay, well unlike the uh, botnets and armies of PPC clickers. We've got to work for a living, and <laughs> the way we get paid is through commercial breaks, unfortunately, and we have to take one now. Uh, Jeff, I hope you can stick around for a few more minutes. We have a lot more questions to ask. We'll be back after these uh, breaks on The Alternative on webmasterradio.fm. The Alternative on webmasterradio.fm. We'll be back after this short commercial break. 
Generating buzz for your company is essential and now easier than ever with Paper Post, the consumer-generated advertising network. Our powerful network of bloggers at Paper Post will creatively expose your product or service through original link-generated ads and embedding video or audio on their sites. Launch your viral marketing campaigns with confidence and enjoy increased traffic with higher conversion rates only through Paper Post. Visit PaperPost.com and join the revolution. Viva la revolution! Want traffic? For results without hassle, look no further than Search Ad Network. Focused on your core goals, our dedicated account management team will drive your online sales, increase brand recognition, and generate leads for offline sales through expert search engine marketing and technology. In addition, Search Ad Network offers free click fraud detection and API access into all major engines to ensure your business reaches their desired ROI. Visit searchadnetwork.com today to experience true profit through performance. Once a tool used exclusively for communicating with the media, PR Web was the first company to develop a distribution strategy around direct-to-consumer communication by implementing Web 2.0 technologies. PR Web has completed the online communication loop by directly engaging your audience with your news. For example, PR Web is the first newswire to integrate press release trackback. Whether you want to dominate your market or just make a little noise, PR Web is here to help. You thrive in the marketplace and the media. PR Web. It's Essie Guru's Rainmaker. She's being a real wise ass over there. I am not. And his beautiful co-host, Brandy. I always wanted to be the girl that said, I just absolutely forgot to eat. I don't know what happened to me. Rainmaker. Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on Webmaster Radio. Drop into the Webmaster chat room. Webmasterradio.fm. Clothing is optional. Webmasterradio.fm. Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. And now, transport back into the alternative on Webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host, Jim Hedger. Welcome back to the alternative on Webmasterradio.fm. I'm Jim Hedger. I'm joined by Dave Davies. And today we have... uh, Jeffrey Rohr is in, the author of The Sausage Manifesto, and um, Jeff had just gone over explaining invalid uh, quality and fraudulent clicks. I'd like to uh, quickly jump into to some of the stuff in the, click, in the, in the uh, Sausage Manifesto and the reaction that search engines have had to it. Um, Jeff, you tell the search engines that they should put their data where their public relations is. They should sure. show users what they're being billed. Why don't they? Well, the the public argument, the most public argument, is that um, they don't want to disclose things that will allow um, people with bad intent to essentially reverse engineer and get around the um, the different efforts that they're putting in place. Um, and this is something that that in other in other industries has been called kind of um, uh, security by obscurity. Right? We provide security by not disclosing things to you. Um, it, it rings of a very uh, paternal type of sound to advertisers. And again, in the manifesto, I'm trying to reflect what I'm hearing. And again, what advertisers kind of, and in the conversations I've had, is that there's this feeling that that's kind of a paternal approach because ultimately, aren't we paying for that data? Isn't it our money that generates that data and shouldn't we be able to see it? But to be fair to the networks, the, the, their argument does have some, have some legs. 
they can't just go ahead and disclose everything. And that's why uh, increasingly, I think what we're moving towards is that idea of a third-party auditing firm where there are appropriate NDAs disclosed and it's more of a selective uh, type of process whereby there's an auditing process that will verify um, and match the network side data and the client side data to get a more full and robust picture of what's actually happening. And let me give you, just briefly explain what that means. On the, ad, on the network side, they not only see the click and, and to the extent you're using their tools, whether it converts, they actually know all of the different traffic sources that in their partner network, be it search or contextual, that's driving that, those, those clicks. And they know not only those clicks for you, the specific advertiser, they know it for across all their advertisers. So if you have a site, sitex.com, driving traffic, a Google or a Yahoo knows by looking across all their advertisers if the traffic they drive is junky because they can tell does it actually turn into clicks and does it actually convert based on the types of tools that the uh, advertiser is using and the data they're sharing. So if that is a junky site, they can pull that out. But you as the advertiser may have no visibility into that whatsoever. The other thing is that you as the advertiser are often not able to opt out of those on such a granular level. Now the good news is over the last year and a half, uh, Google and Yahoo have rolled out more detailed um, tools that allow you to opt out of certain networks. But there are, are certain things such as uh, domained park sites uh, where you can opt out of those. And sometimes, uh, and again, just in, in reading people's frustrations, some people uh, believe that sometimes those are on the contextual side of the house and sometimes those are on the search side of the house. So I think what you will see is you will see a more granular ability to opt out of uh, partner sites and by partner site um, and that you'll see some of this sharing of information, but most likely the safe way the networks will do it will be through third party, uh, probably a single third party um, that, is, that, the, uh, that the industry kind of embraces, either because it wants to or it has to. Uh, do you know of any talks between the, uh, the major networks and uh, auditing firms or <clears throat> third parties who might be coming to the surface? Uh, sure. I know that, um, that uh, Google and Yahoo, I believe MSN and Ask, are participating in uh, um, Click Forensics, uh, Click Quality Network, um, which it was formed you know, a little while ago and is, is designed to bring together advertisers and people concerned about the issue of click quality. Uh, I know that all of the major search engines are participating in the IAB piece. Um, and uh, you know, on, on its face, <clears throat> the networks all represent... Uh, a very positive attitude towards third parties who are sincere in their interest uh, in fixing this problem. And I think, uh, you know, I, I certainly understand the frustration that the networks have because, you know, they've got people who um, are toiling at this and are very sincere in their effort to um, combat invalid clicks, let alone click fraud. And um, it's hard for them to see in the press um, estimates of click fraud, you know, being 14, 35%, you know, things that are kind of off the charts when in their heart of hearts and, and the, the data that they have, they believe it's much, much lower. The problem, of course, is that that data is not seen outside of their four walls often. And so you do have this, this kind of he said, she said situation out there. Um, so it's, I think it's easy to understand both sides of this. The networks don't like seeing those estimates when they think they're wrong and they feel that there is a, you know, kind of a cottage industry profiting off of uh, click fraud fear and, and fear mongering. But by the same token, uh, you certainly can't blame people for gravitating towards something 
uh, like click fraud, which is you know potentially costing advertisers billions of dollars, and trying to come up with solutions. Um, and I think you're seeing some interesting developments in terms of solutions, in terms of uh, you know essentially fraud appliances, you know potentially being uh, installed um, that, that, that third parties are developing to help networks fight these things. Um, you know, folks who are thinking about the merger of the advertiser side and the search side data in ways that will improve um, and allow people to understand click quality a lot better. Um, so it, it, it definitely is a situation where I think you can understand and appreciate both sides. But with the manifesto, I wanted to focus on the advertisers who are the ones who are paying the bills and who have built this industry, uh, you know, one click at a time, one bid at a time, and try and give voice to their concerns in a way that, um, is perhaps a little bit more humanized uh, and based off of again what I'm hearing. You touched on a on a point, in it, and it actually covers my personal favorite of your of your eleven um, sort of recommendations. Uh, and you touched on it there, where you're saying um, you know the networks are of course looking in you know their estimates of you know single digit estimates versus um, these estimates coming out now, and, and as you say, fourteen percent, thirty five percent. Uh, and then advertisers taking a look going, well, let's see, and, you know, this independent source is saying, you know, whatever mine is at, at 15% uh, click fraud, and you're, you're trying to tell me that it's actually 2 or 3%. Well, let's see, you're profiting uh, off of every single click. So, of course, you're going to say that it is this 2 or 3%. And that leads me to, to my favorite of your recommendations, which is um, your point three in here, invest in proportion to the problem. And I think that's a big one that they could, if they were investing what... Um, the estimates of click fraud are even their own internal estimates, and said we are putting this many uh, millions or, or billions of dollars into into this problem. Um, right. It would at least make me as an advertiser and my clients as advertisers um, feel more comfortable, like they're at least addressing this problem. Right, and I, I think you've hit on an interesting one um, that you know again is is an outside in perspective. If you're on the inside, you're not thinking this way because. If you're on the team and you've seen the, the click quality team within the four walls of your pay-per-click network, your engine, grow, which it has over the last few years, you're not thinking about this as a proportion problem, you know, that your budget for that group should be in proportion to the problem because you're seeing that growth. What this one is, and this was a question, I mean, it was a brilliant question probably two or three sessions ago, I think it was in New York last year, that somebody said this, okay, you admit this is a problem. Um, you know, you disagree from, say, Click Forensics or you disagree from Click Tracks or whomever as to the size of the problem. Are you truly spending that much that you think is getting through your defenses on your group and on the customer service and the fighting, the, the, the efforts to fight and combat this? And um, uh, Schumann Gosmajumder from Google, uh, in his uh, interview response on Search Engine Watch, when Search Engine Watch first posted uh, an article about the Sausage Manifesto, um, you know, says, you know, right outright that, yes, we are. In fact, we're investing even more. Um, and I think that this is something, this is one I wanted to put in here to help the, help the networks understand the, the human aspect of this problem. These are very common sense questions that people will ask. And you have to have answers for, and you have to have answers in a very proactive fashion, exactly what you're saying. This, should, this is actually something that, they should be PRing, and they should be doing more to say, here's how we're combating it. And it shouldn't just be buried in blogs and other places. It should be forthright and out there and out in front of this issue every, every chance they can get. Um, 
And, and actually, this was one that I hope would benefit my friends on those teams because they deserve larger budgets. Um, this may not be a revenue producer, but this is certainly, by fighting fraud, you're sustaining uh, the growth of this model and making sure that long-term it's a healthy, uh, robust source of, of high-converting traffic for people. And they deserve to have those budgets to fight this, not just from a technology standpoint, but from a customer service standpoint, and making sure that they're handling these complaints, these questions, in a more um, handheld kind of way than an automated kind of way. Um, I think you've really hit the nail on the head with that one in in this being (laughs) almost more of a customer service issue than than anything else. I mean, I think everybody out there, at least anybody who's who's been involved with this advertising, knows full well that that is one of the biggest headaches is if you have a problem um, to actually get any sort of resolution or even communication with a human being um, is an enormous frustration. And, and as you mentioned earlier, it often takes so much time to get through this process that it's not even worth it when you're only spending, you know, as you say, about $1,000 a month or, or the standard sort of small business budget. So. Bingo. And, and I don't think, I don't think that... that it's fully appreciated what a negative impact that can have. Because as an agency uh, who, who sells through pay-per-click and, and search engine optimization and does these things for clients, you know, and I think, I think every single um, uh, agency out there can identify with this, at some point they've hit upon a client who said, oh, yeah, I tried, you know, I tried paid search, but it didn't deliver us anything. And that was, that's probably a client who didn't have it set up properly, who wasn't monitoring it, who wasn't doing the things they needed to. But that one negative experience, you know, cost that, the, the engines, the networks, all of that revenue from it should have been high converting. There are things you can do to improve it. Um, and so that's the, you know, that kind of gets to point, too, that, that the networks need to appreciate the unique circumstances of the people who are bidding. Not everybody has a million-dollar-a-month budget. In fact, this whole model has been sold to us over the years as something that the ma and pa pizza shop down the street can just, you know, go on and now do geographic targeting and, uh, and, and realize some leads. But, again, the cost-benefit analysis is such as that the mom and pop pizza store isn't going to go chase down click fraud, but if it's 10% of their budget and it's bleeding out, they're going to have a less, uh, going to have a, a less than great experience with this model and their dollars may go elsewhere. We have to go to break in a couple of moments. Um, and, uh, Jeff, I wish we could talk to you for hours. But before we go, I want to ask you one last question. Sure. Is uh, click fraud or even the threat of, of lower quality clicks, is that really a, um, a threat to the entire model, to the, to the PPC model? Um, great question. Um, I believe it is. Do I think it's something that's going to topple the model? No. But I think you have to go back two years to the infamous quote from Google's own CFO that click fraud threatens the very model. So it's not me saying this. It was somebody who was very intimately familiar with it in-house at Google who said that. And it remains that problem. It remains a war that we have to fight. And what we have to recognize is that you're never going to root out every single invalid click or every single fraudulent click, perhaps. And I'll give you a perfect example. In local real estate, and I have a friend who has done this for his wife, done local real estate advertising on pay-per-click, he discovered that over time, his wife's listings that he geographically targeted became less and less uh, effective. They converted at a smaller and smaller rate until the point where they weren't converting at all. 
Why? Because realtors are extremely vindictive, competitive, ego-driven people, and her ads were getting clicked on by competitors. Essentially, people looking at her listings, um, maybe they knew they were driving down her budget or they didn't know. But over time, that became less and less impactful for her. You're never going to be able to drive that out of the model. But what I'm trying to get across here is that this has to be a collaborative solution. And the baby steps we've taken in the last couple of years are good. We've gotten on the other side of the first wave of litigation. The networks are at the table. Two years ago, they weren't on the click fraud panels. Now they're there every time. But now let's focus in on kind of the elephant in the room, and that is customer service. And that is collaboration. And instead of he said, she said, bring the parties to the table and focus on things that are going to help us as advertisers, the people who are putting the money into the pile, and make us feel like we are the customers and clients that we are instead of necessary evils. And if, if that happens, I think a lot of this problem goes away because no one's going to buy into the hype. And it's not going to become this kind of self-perpetrating, self-perpetuating type of uh, buzz thing. Because, and you know the engines are communicating to you, the networks are communicating to you how they're fighting it. And you know as an advertiser that you've got great conversion and you're measuring it appropriately. Well, let's hope that, you know, by constantly chipping away at the rock, by constantly mentioning the issue, we can, uh, you know, we can all work together to be agents of change. Um, Jeffrey, we got we got to go to commercial break. Um, then we got to come back. We're coming back with another guest. But thank you so much for being on the show. I hope we can have you on again. And it'll be interesting to see where else the Sausage Manifesto goes to in the future. I greatly appreciate it, and next time I'll get you a much better photo of myself for your blog. <laughs> that is a great photo. Um, again, thanks a lot to Jeffrey K. Roars. Um, we'll be back on The Alternatives after these messages. The Alternative on FM. We'll be back after this short commercial break. Tracks, all new version 6. Prepare to segment your visitors and build custom reports on the fly with the most comprehensive and intuitive web analytics programs on the planet. Dan Noyes, president of Zephoria.com, writes, Click Tracks is like a religion to us. We rarely consult our clients on site or campaign changes without first seeing what Click Tracks reveals. Sign up for your free trial today. Your only risk, you may end up in our next commercial. ClickTracks.com, turning your future into a fortune. Now, experience the future of web design and development with a whole new level of efficiency, expressiveness, and simplified workflow. Introducing Studio 8, a compilation of the latest releases from Dreamweaver, Flash Professional, Fireworks, Contribute, and Flash Paper. Sure to inspire you to create superior online video sites and mobile content. And now, through this exclusive WebmasterRadio.fm offer, listeners can save a whopping $100 off Studio 8. Visit the online store at Adobe or contact Adobe Customer Services and provide promo code Webmaster Radio in order to receive your discount. Studio 8, your way to create. It's a little pet peeve of mine, right? Go on the web and somebody writes up about me and they put web gorilla, as in the monkey, not gorilla, like, you know, warfare, terrorist. We're gonna do the monkey. Hi, this is Greg Bozo. Do the monkey. A.K.A. Monkey Boy. Sometimes I get a little pissy. But I gotta tell you, dude, he made you look like a good chimp. He did. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're confusing me. 
monkey. Monkeypicks.co.uk. Funny bastard, isn't he? Damn. I swear to God, if you play that promo one more time, <laughs> I'm publishing the photo. How much is that gorilla in the window? This is Reverend Jesse Jackson. Keep hope alive with Webmaster Radio. And now, WebmasterRadio.fm proudly presents Inspirational Moments by David Naylor. Then we started playing Peanut Flick, which is kind of a cool game. What the hell is Peanut Flick? It's like, it's like if, if that was a peanut, Flick! To me, he picks up the whole bowl and pulls it all over my head. Yeah, it's like, oh look, a peanut, a peanut, oh look, a fucking bowl of peanuts on your head, dude! <laughs> Tune in for more inspirational moments with David Naylor and Mikkel Demib every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Strike Point. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. And now, transport back into the alternative on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host, Jim Hedger. Man, we were having like just so much fun. Unfortunately, we were, you know, we had another guest that was going to come on, but he got called away to a meeting and he won't be able to come on. Dave, is that, this is just two weeks in a row. <laughs> is, it, is it us? Do we smell? Um, you know, I, it, it's sort of an interesting thing, though, because there is something that I, I did want to mention. We didn't get time at the beginning. Uh, so, again, it looks like uh, you and I get a few extra minutes. Uh, here at the end, although it might have been uh, might have been better used chatting with uh, with Jeffrey a, a little bit more, but uh, give us time to cover a couple more points uh, from the news we didn't get to earlier in our rush to cover three now two guests. Um, what do you got here? Microsoft, AMD, Microsoft. They're they're putting this out as a as a promotion to uh, Vista, but they've just launched the the press release came out on the thirteenth. Um, if you go to vanishingpointgame.com, this is a Sort of an online, offline uh, game. You'll have to go there to truly understand exactly what I mean by that. Um, but you, it exists in both the uh, real world and the online world. You you do this game, uh, and the winner. There's a bunch of different prizes, but the top winner gets a trip into outer space. How cool is that? That's pretty damn cool. Wow, it's pretty damn space. cool. <laughs> um, so yeah, I thought that's that's just uh, that's just too cool and. Uh, so you know, I've I've of course just found it today. So I've already uh, already registered a, a prize like that. You know, you you just got to and you get it for for planned games. So there's a little something I can do on uh, on my uh, you know the 15 minutes I take to, to cram food into myself at lunch. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I, I thought that was an interesting thing. Bring it to the attention. Uh, although I don't know if putting it on the radio and, and having uh, more people uh, more people in this contest is a great idea. But you know, if somebody if somebody's going to win, that isn't me. Uh, might might as well be one of our listeners. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Dave, this was a fun show. Wanna th- I uh, want to thank you for being here. I um, want to thank Becky Ryan from uh, Trillion and Jeffrey Roars um, from Optium for being here. 
Next week, we're going to have another fun show here on The Alternative. And uh, stick around. Rainmakers coming up here on webmasterradio.fm. <laughs>